precious name of the Lord, it's good to be with you again. We, uh, we just got back from uh, Iowa from Brother Isaiah Brooks. We preached at a couple churches up his way, and he wanted to send greetings to everybody. And uh, we're a little bit hoarse, but we're happy in the Lord, and real happy to be worshiping with you tonight. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles tonight, if we can, to John chapter 1, and then we'll turn to Luke chapter 3. John chapter 1, and we'll read uh, verse 28 down through 34. John 1, verse 28. Say amen when you're there. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he that baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and I bear record that this was the Son of God. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 Luke 3, verse 21 and 22. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and who in thee I am well pleased. I want to preach tonight on the dove leads the lamb. If I was to subtitle it, I'd like to call it a vision to the church. If we can bow our heads at a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads to you, Lord. With so much love in our hearts for what you have done for us. In a world that's dark and falling apart and no place to stand and no security. And Lord, it's just almost like the human race has lost their minds entirely. You and your good grace, Lord, have plucked us out of the fire. You set us on a rock and you revealed to us. You give us a hope in Christ. And it means everything to us, Lord. And so when we come to the house of the Lord, God, we want to give you everything that we are. Not just in the house of the Lord, but in our lives. And Lord, we just want to give our all. I pray, dear God, that your Holy Spirit would come and just bless our hearts tonight with your presence. We pray, Lord, that you bless the reading of the word. Help us to be faithful. And, Lord, we commit it all to you now. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You can have your seats this evening. Coming out of Abraham's Grace Covenant, Middletown, 1961, Brother Branham said, I I preached the message up here one time called the Lamb and the Dove. And he said, it's the greatest message that was ever given me of the Lord. That was about five years after Brother Branham had preached the lamb and the dove. And Brother Branham focused on these these two symbols that took place here in the River Jordan. And Brother Branham said that this, what happened in the River Jordan, is the greatest thing that ever happened on the earth. When the lamb and when the dove came together. And I imagine the Pharisees wasn't catching what was taking place. I imagine the believers were not even catching what was taking place. And it was all going to transpire within just a few minutes time. It was going to come and it was going to go. But Brother Branham said it was one of the greatest events that the world had ever seen. 
And this, this lamb and dove, I want to focus on these symbols tonight, on the lamb and the dove. And the lamb and the dove in the Bible are very significant to us as we know that they are sacrificial animals in the Bible and that God from the very beginning by the power of the Holy Spirit foreshadowed Jesus Christ as a lamb. We saw it when God clothed Adam and Eve walking out of the Garden of Eden. They were clothed in lamb skins. We saw it when Abel caught the revelation of God and offered a lamb unto God. And we saw it when Moses had the children of Israel applied blood over their doors, lamb's blood, a lamb for a house. It, it was speaking of a Messiah. It was speaking of a Redeemer. How many believe in the blood of Christ? It was speaking of the Lamb of God and the prophets. They were clothed in lamb skins. And, and all the way through the Bible, shepherds visiting uh, the birth of Jesus. And it was all foreshadowed. Even Isaiah 53, he said he was like a lamb dumb before his shears. And the Jews, they could understand this terminology. They could understand sacrifice and so forth. So when the revelation of Christ being the lamb come, what an illumination it must have been. Isaiah 53 must have come off the pages when they saw it perfectly described as the Lamb of God. And the nature of the Lamb is peculiar and perfect, a perfect depiction of Christ because it is the most gentle creature on earth. It is meek. It's peaceful. It's uh, humble. It's sweet. And it's totally dependent upon the shepherd. And so Jesus was identified as the meekest earthly, the Lamb of God, the meekest God was coming down to earth now. And he was living in the Lamb of God. And the Lamb was the meekest of all earthly creatures. Can you say amen? And then in this picture of John baptizing Jesus, the heavens were open. God identifies himself as a dove. I saw the Holy Spirit descending out of heaven like a dove. And, and why did he pick this creature? Brother Branham said, because it is a lover. It is gentle. It is peaceful. It is the most peaceful creature in the heavens. It is the type of the Holy Ghost that comes down from the heavens. And Brother Branham said it is one of the most outstanding scriptures. Why did God choose the lamb and the dove? He said because that dove, that Holy Spirit was coming to earth and it had to find a nature like itself. God was looking for something that he could abide with because he said you will see it uh, come down and remain on him. It wouldn't leave him. It would stay with him. And Brother Branham said it had to come to a nature like itself. Are you with me? And so now the river Jordan is set. And the forerunner, the spirit of Elijah, Martin wades right, right out into the water. The greatest prophet, greatest man born of woman. He was called to introduce the Messiah. Brother Branham said he was like a great eagle that spread his wings out on the river Jordan. He identified the lamb. Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he said he wades out into the water. And he was trained 30 years to see the sign. Brother Branham said he had to be certain. And his job was too important to go to the schools. He had to be trained by God to see the sign. Can you say amen? So he wades out into the water and he says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And then to see the Lamb wade out into the water to meet the prophet. How many would have loved to have been there? And so you know how the story goes. John said, I have need to be baptized of thee. Why comest thou unto me? And he said, It behooveth us. We have a choice to make. The scripture's got to be fulfilled. It behooves us with this revelation that God has given us to fulfill the word. Amen. 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 Do you feel that way? And Brother Branham said this, the lamb, gentle so it can be led. 
And on that day, John baptized Jesus in the Jordan, one of the greatest events that had ever took place. He said, the meekest of all creatures of the earth, the dove, the meekest of all fowls of the heaven, it's the only way they could be united. And that dove descended and united with the lamb. Brother Branham said all eternity embraced. Heaven and earth embraced when John baptized Jesus in the water. Heaven opened, the dove descended and landed on the lamb. And he said from heaven, this is my beloved son. God sent his message of grace on the wings of a dove. God was coming to his temple. God was coming to fulfill his temple. And God was setting stage for Christ's ministry as he washed him in the Jordan. Brother Branham said the Holy Ghost can only fellowship with a loving nature. God is setting a precedent. This is, this is a pattern. This is uh, a key to receiving the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit can only come to a nature like itself. Brother Branham said, I thought of how God, that loving bird, that dove, how God wants to make love with human beings. God wants to be loved and he wants to love you. And God wanting to make love and make something lovable He has to make something gentle like himself. He had to make something that could be loved. He had to make something of his own nature. You can't love anything unless it's your nature. Love unites with love. Husband and wife has to love each other or they'll never make the grade. A family has to love one another or they'll never make the grade. And you'll search everywhere for a woman, for a girl, for a wife. A woman will search everywhere looking for someone that'll love her. And God is searching for a soul, someone he can love. And he said, what a confirmation when the lamb and the dove came together. When heaven and earth united, and he said, it united with there, and he said, also, it'll do the same thing when it unites with you. How many say, yes, Lord, let that dove come down right now. The Holy Spirit will change us from a roaring sinner to the meekness of a lamb. Brother Branham said, if it was a snarling wolf, the dove never would have remained. If he had a goat nature, and and we realize that there's a lot of similarities there, and goat is sacrificial, so we're using it in the type. But if it had a goat nature, it never could have come uh, come with it. It had to find a nature like itself, and it found it in Christ, the obedient son, the submissive son, one that could submit to the Father's will. Everywhere that Jesus went had meaning. Because he was in the will of the Father everywhere he went. Ain't that right? And real love is obedience. To really love Jesus walking past 3,000 people to pray for one. Brother Branham said he was led by vision. It was love that caused him to do it. No matter how tired he was. He's crossing the Sea of Galilee. His head is nodding. He was so wore out, but he was willing to go when God said, I need you to go here. How many say, Lord, let me be submissive? Every action was perfectly in the will of God. Jesus completely surrendered into the hands of God. Why? He was a lamb. He could be led. How many want to be led by the Spirit? Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself, but that which I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. He said, I came not down from heaven to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. How beautiful. Zechariah prophesied 
as Jesus was coming off the mountain, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, just having salvation, lowly riding upon the ass. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am lowly of heart. Ain't that amazing? Jesus was not yoked with the synagogue. He was not yoked with man's doctrine. If he was misunderstood, it was because he was yoked with God. When you see me, you see the Father. Then he said, take my yoke upon you. His words were the Father's words. His attitude was the Father's attitude. And if we take a yoke with Christ, then it's exactly the same. That makes you and Christ one when you are yoked. That makes a relationship. And the secret to Jesus' power was his humility. Because he was a lamb that God could trust him. That's why the Bible said he was made lower than the angels to suffer death. Ain't it right? And Jesus had a different weapon than we fight with. North Korea will fight with brute force and hatred. Russia will fight with brute force and hatred. But Jesus had a different kind of weapon. Jesus didn't conquer by hatred. He conquered by love. He conquered prostitutes by love. He conquered cancers by love. He conquered death by love. And he humbled himself lower than the angels. Because it takes a submissive heart to know God. How many want to know God more? God is looking for a humble heart. And in order to stay with God, you must stay humble. Many come humble, but don't end humble. But we must come to God humble and continually go this way. That's what the prophet of God said. Now watch the harmony between the father and the son. Jesus didn't do anything but what the Father led him to do because the dove led the lamb. He could be led because he could let God lead him into places that were not reasonable. He could let God lead him in places that looked dangerous. But he trusted God's leadership because he was a lamb. We got to humble ourselves to the word. We must humble ourselves to the message. We must humble ourselves as lambs to be led. And where did the dove lead him? It led him to Calvary. Where will the dove lead us? It'll lead lead us to self-crucifixion. It'll lead us to complete submission. And that dove led Jesus to Gethsemane where he prayed until sweats of blood dropped from him, bearing the weight of the world. Christ wanted to live like you and I want to live. He loved his disciples. He loved worshiping in the synagogue. He loved watching the sunset and and the waves lap as they came in on the sand. Brother Benham said he was a man. And he said when he went to Gethsemane, He said, this is where the lamb and the dove had a conference. Thousands times thousands of angels lined all around Gethsemane. Gabriel was there. All the the angels were there. And the lamb and dove came and said, do you love them enough? Do you love them enough to face Calvary? Jesus saw the condition of the world. He saw the condition of lost human beings that could not help themselves. And the question is, are you willing? Jesus had to make a choice and the horrors of Calvary laid before him. What will you do? Do you love them enough to die for them? And everything was upon that decision. Let me tell you, divine love drove him to it. Divine love drove him. He said, no one takes my life. I give it freely. I lay it down freely. You want to talk? How could you not love him? 
How could we not give him our all? When he said, I'm not, you're not taking it from me. I'm giving it for them. Can you say amen? And he gave his life willingly. When he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So when Jesus was brought before Pilate, they put a bag over his head and socked him in the face. Said, who hit you? He could have, but he was a willing lamb. When they yanked the beard out of his face and gave his back to the smiters, he was a willing lamb. When he hung on the cross, he could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't do it. Why? He was a willing lamb. Amen. He gave himself to the ridicule and the shame, and the dove led the lamb to crucifixion. Jesus humbled himself to death, the death of the cross. Remember in Revelations chapter 5, John begins to weep because no man was found worthy to open the book and to loose the seals. And as John began to cry, one of them said, Weep not, John, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book. John was expecting to see a lion. But when John looked, he saw a lamb. Brother Branham said, there you are, brothers. Through meekness, through sweetness, through the Holy Spirit, we conquer. He can humble himself is the man that conquers. The man who can be kicked around. The man that can still be a servant of Christ. That's the man that conquers when you can be submissive to the Father's will. That lamb was the example lamb. That lamb was only one lamb. But God's church is a lamb. And God's spirit, the dove, is to lead this church. He said, look at the harmony between the Father and Son. This harmony now exists between the church and the Holy Spirit. And the lamb must be a willing lamb. No selfish motives. Not coming into the message for selfish motivations, but willing to serve God no matter what the cost. If he leads you into persecution, if he leads you into a lack of popularity or into the reproach of the word, we are willing lambs. How many say, Lord, I want to be willing. Where you lead, may I follow. And the dove must lead this church. The the church is never led by man. It is led by the dove of God. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3 said, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. And it may be that you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Seek it. Man is not naturally humble. When God does something for man, he wants to be an angel. He wants to be a God. But that is not the way God operates. And the Holy Ghost don't come on it. The Holy Ghost comes on a different nature. He said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Ain't that what he said? God is looking for someone that he can lead. God is looking for somebody, a church, that'll just open themselves to God and say, Lord, I trust you. Brother Branham said this in 1963, token message. I wonder when God leads us to a life of complete surrender and service, I wonder if our spirits don't sometimes rebel. A lamb is obedient. A lamb is self-sacrificial. It don't claim its own. It lays it right down. Shear its wall. Take everything it's got. Just sacrifice everything. It gives everything. That's the way a real Christian is. Self-sacrifice. Caring for nothing. Giving all they got to God. 
How many say, Lord, I want that? Walking with the heavenly dove. Getting up in the morning and the spirit of God nudging you in the way that you should go. Every day with a song on your heart, walking with the heavenly dove. You see, without the spirit of God, our efforts are in vain. Brother Benham said, we are a meaningless group of people, a bejeweled corpse. Without the spirit of God, we are empty. We are just superficial. We are just external. But we must have the spirit of God. Brother Benham said, Samson, without the spirit, is as weak as any other man. And a church without the spirit is weak as any other denomination. We are a people who believes in the leadership of the Holy Ghost. We are not ashamed of the power of God or the power of the resurrection. Our worship is in spirit and in truth. Where the dove of God's sweetness and gentleness moves among us in our worship. It's heaven on earth. And right now is a foretaste of good things to come. John in the book of Revelation saw the city coming down to earth. And Brother Branham said it would look like what John the Baptist saw when the dove came down upon Christ. John saw the city descending to earth, uniting with man. And that city isn't like this country. It is a new country. It is a foretaste of heaven where the lion will lay down by the lamb because the same nature and men have leaves for the healing of the nations. As the dove had a little uh, olive leaf in its, in its mouth, it was for peace of the nations. And we'll study war no more. This is only a foretaste of economy of innocence, a faith economy. Can you say amen? That dove is a sign a sign that God has used in our message, a biblical sign, an end time sign. You know, Brother Branham talked about Florence Nightingale. And he said when he received the letter of Florence Nightingale, it was the day after the Houston picture, the, the picture that was taken in Houston. And Baxter was, no, uh, Bosworth was there, Mita was there, Brother Branham's daughter, and Brother Branham. And Bosworth opened, Brother Bosworth opened the letter, pulled out the picture of Florence Nightingale and said, look at this woman. She wants you to come to Africa. And Brother Branham said, poor thing. I think Mita started crying. And he said, well, let's pray. And when they got down on their knees and he began to pray, he said, Lord, if you heal Florence Nightingale, then that will be a sign for me to go to Africa. I don't know if it just came out of his mouth, but you know the story. Brother Branham went to England, and she had heard that Brother Branham was there, so she flew in, and they put her in a parsonage connected to a church. It's real foggy. A taxi takes Brother Branham and about eight to ten other ministers to pray for Florence Nightingale. And Brother Branham said when he saw her, she was like a human skeleton. And he said you could see where the, her head in the, the, uh, the cracks of her skull. He said, where it come together. And he said, cancer had wrapped around her bowels. Her veins had collapsed. And he said, she was just a horrible, I think she was 60-some pounds and a big woman. And Georgie Carter was 37 pounds, but she was very small. But this one was big-boned. And so 60 pounds, she was like a human skeleton. And Brother Branham said he looked at her and she prayed, pray that God will take my life. Brother Branham said, I just couldn't do that. And he said, but we're going to pray. And he said, all the ministry team gathered around, got down on their knees and began to pray. And as he began to pray, merciful Father, giver of every good gift, all of a sudden a dove came into the windowsill, which was about a foot away from Brother Branham's face, and it began cooing, 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 cooing. And Brother Branham is praying. The ministers lost their attention and looked at the dove. 
And Brother Branham prayed and said, Amen. Heal the woman, Lord. Amen. And he looked and he went to ask, Is that someone's pet? And when he went to ask it, he said, he said, the dove flew away, and out of his mouth come, thus saith the Lord, she will not die, but she will live. Amen. Glory. Amen. This was so incredible that Baxter said, Brother Branham, are you sure? And Brother Branham said, I didn't say that. He said that. And within six months, she was completely healed. And did you know Brother Branham said, when he said, thus saith the Lord, she will not die but live, and she was healed. That opened up the way to Africa that started the greatest revival ever seen on the American continent. Or on the, I'm sorry, on the African continent. Brother Branham said, that started that revival. It came on the wings of a dove. And her testimony went before Brother Branham. God healed me. God healed me. God was showing I'm going to turn Africa upside down. Because the dove represents healing. It represents peace. It represents the Holy Ghost. How many believe in the dove of the Holy Ghost? It is that dove that opens our eyes. It is that dove that leads us into higher places in Christ. Brother Branham said when the angel came to him, he said, now remember, if you be reverent and obedient and humble, God will add to you. And that was the idea, that God would get more powerful if he could get smaller. Brother Branham talked about the third pole. He said, "There's," and this is coming out of my new ministry, he said, there's coming a greater, deeper anointing of the Holy Spirit. How to get it, I don't know. The only thing it takes God to put you into it. So be sweet and humble and as close to God as you can and don't doubt him. Just remember, you're a sheep. He's the dove and the dove leads the lamb. Listen to this. When John went into the Jordan... He said, behold, the lamb, here comes the meekness of God. And God descended like a dove. It was the greatest event that the world has ever seen or will see until Christ and his church is united together. I don't know if you caught it. (laughs) What God did in the River Jordan to Jesus Christ He wants to do in the church. The dove wants to lead this church into the divine nature of God, into the divine power of God, into the divine resurrection of God. He wants to lead this church into the millennium. 1956, Brother Branham had a vision, and God told him the condition of the church. The church and its condition. And he said, an arrow of God's deliverance, I have never had anything strike me so in my life. A message to the church, the lamb and the dove. And church and its condition, he said, now, I feel a few days ago, the message to the church was given me at Shreveport, Louisiana. I believe it is the condition of the church. You look back in Brother Branham's ministry, Oral Roberts. The nature of Oral Roberts' ministry was very different from the nature of Brother Branham's ministry. Look at Billy Graham and a lot of them, the prosperity movements. The nature, if you just look at the nature, they might preach some of the same principles, but the nature is completely different. And I want you to notice the nature specifically of Brother Branham's. He was never elaborate. He did not have a strong charisma or personality. He was not theatrical, but he operated in humble authority. He moved as God led him. 
And then he would give instruction services to the people how to approach God that they might receive their healing, their deliverance, or what they're asking. He did not control them by excitement, by fear, by showmanship, but he taught them humility and dependence upon God. He would tell them that the key to approaching God was humility. Can you say amen? And he'd say, now be real reverent. He said, because the Holy Spirit is very sensitive, very timid, and it'll leave just like that. Because a dove is that way. So it's very different than the other teachers of that day. The atmosphere they would create in approaching God, he, he had a complete different approach because he was trying to get the people to faith. Not to shout their way in. We believe in shouting, but that's not the way in. Not to excite the people or to make the people fear, but to make the people believe. And did he get the results? The results were nothing short of the very ministry of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. He got results. And then he began to say, now, the birth of the Azusa revival. He said, back in that day, prayer meetings went all night. He said, people would get saved before the preacher even got out to the pulpit. He said people were flooding in to the presence of God and he was talking about the Azusa Street Pentecostals. But then Brother Branham notices a change in the nature of the Pentecostal revival. He notices a change altogether and and they turned into, they went on as Pentecostals. They went under the name of Pentecostal. They sang the same songs, preached out of the same scripture. But something was different. They had lost something. And they had come down to a cut and dried program. Then out of Make Your Valley into making the valley full of ditches. He said, the other night I was coming over here a few nights ago. And the Lord met me in the room in a vision. And he said, here's what's the matter with the church. They've got so much selfishness everywhere. The church of the living God got so many differences till they grieved the Holy Spirit away from them. He said, that's exactly what it is, brother. Brother, sister, until we humble ourselves and become a lamb so the dove can come upon us and bring joy, peace, satisfaction, and a burning desire in our hearts to see others saved, we are simply fighting the winds. It changed its nature, and the Holy Spirit took its flight. Brother Branham said, that's what's the matter with the great majority of our churches. We're supposed to be lambs, and we become everything but lambs. As soon as we get that attitude, the dove of the Holy Ghost takes us flight. If the Lamb of God would have made the first snarl, the dove wouldn't have permitted it. And that's the reason we're wondering what's the matter with the Pentecostal church. We have taken a different nature. And that just ain't Pentecostals. Brother Branham, listen to this. Church in his condition, 1956. He said, now I'm talking to you strangers. I'm talking to the Branham Tabernacle. He said, I'm not talking to the strangers. I'm talking to the Branham Tabernacle. That's what's the matter around here. He said, what's the matter? The dove took its flight. Let someone start something in the church. Oh, is that so? And he said, right then, the Holy Ghost flew away. As long as that lamb nature leaves you, the Holy Ghost is gone. That's what's the matter with the church. That's the reason the people are in the condition they're in. They let the wrong spirit come into their heart and their life. And the Bible said that's why there's so many sick and afflicted because of these things. We must be gentle. We must be peaceful. We must be a lamb so the dove can abide with us. This is wonderful. As many as I love, I chasten and rebuke. He's teaching us the key to walking with the heavenly dove. 
he's teaching us the key of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, this is why we don't have the victory. We have grieved the Holy Spirit away and we become starchy. He said, we used to get down on the floor and cry and beg, but we've adopted something else. How many ever heard Dawson Riley's testimony? Dawson Riley was a lion hunter. He was a sinner at the time that he knew Brother Branham, but he loved Brother Branham because he saw God in him. One day they were out there in the woods, and Brother Branham told Dawson, he said, Dawson, the Holy Spirit is very timid. He said, you can grieve him so easy. And he said, he's like a little dove. Young people, listen to me. He's like a little dove that sits on your shoulder. And he said, now, when you do something wrong, you know it. And if you do something wrong, he said, that dove will fly away. How sad. He said, but he don't go far. He's right up there on that limb, and he's watching you because he wants to come back. And he said, as soon as you make that thing right, He said, that dove will come off that limb and come straight back to you. And he'll abide with you. And and it really touched Brother Dawson's heart. So Brother Dawson goes back home with his brother. And they're working outside and they're stacking lumber. Dawson is telling his brother what Brother Branham told Brother Dawson. And while they're talking, a, a white dove came and landed on Brother Dawson's shoulder. Brother Dawson's brother said, what is that? He goes, I don't know. And he said, it flew to a branch. And then it flew back. And he said, and then it flew away. I believe God was vindicating what the prophet was saying. Because the Holy Spirit can only have fellowship with a nature like itself. And the Holy Spirit is so timid in our lives. Brother Brenner said, when you, that meek, humble spirit that you used to have, it wasn't all the temper and saw blades that you are. He said, the Holy Spirit took its flight. When you put on the shorts, the spirit flew away. When you smoked the cigarettes, the spirit flew away. When you started getting grouchy and fussy, the spirit flew away. The first temper spasm, the dove flies away. When you gossip about your neighbor, the dove flies away. The sweet dove of God is grieved away. It's a symbol of peace. Unbelief in God's word will grieve the Holy Spirit out of your life. You know what another one? He said a know-it-all spirit. A know-it-all spirit will grieve the spirit of God out of your life. We don't know it all. He knows it all. And he knows what we need every day. He knows what we need right now. I don't want to be a know-it-all. I want to know enough to follow that dove. And that's all I need to know. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto the day of your redemption. And let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speak and be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I love the way The prophet of God took the dove and showed he don't take a bath because he's clean from the inside out. If there's ever a time that we need to be honest, it's now. I don't want to be a Christian on the outside. I want to be a Christian on the inside. Brother Branham said he has an oil that cleans him from the inside out. There is a blood that will clean you from the inside out. There is a power that will clean your mind, clean your heart, clean your motive, clean your objective. It will clean you squeaky clean from the inside out. How many say, yes, Lord? Dove has no gall. It can't digest the things of the world. Brother Branham said, that dove of meekness, if you have unforgiveness in your life, that dove is grieved. 
And only you and God know if there's, un, if there's unforgiveness in your heart. Jesus the Lamb cried, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Brother Branham said, he died for me when I was a sinner, when I was unlovable. And my prayer for the church is that he can have such love till we'll love people that don't love us. That's what the church needs is to express love that a man could spit in your face. And not from a hypocritical standpoint, but from your heart, pray for that man's soul. I'm going to say, Lord, I don't want to be tested. (laughs) But you know what? We've got to pass the test. God is watching. God lets people cross us. God lets stupid things come out of people's mouths just to see what kind of material you're made of. You know, Jesus was hurt. Jesus was offended. Jesus came from the worst place there was in the world, Nazareth. And he never used it as an excuse why he couldn't overcome and be a Christian. Everything was against him. He started with a black name. He started with peasant parents, unpopular in the lowest class. He came out of Nazareth and he not one time blamed Nazareth or blamed his poverty or blamed his pastor. He rose as an overcomer and he conquered it by love. He conquered the criticism. He conquered the world. I thank God that he did. And he made us more than conquerors. God, don't let me be a complainer. Let me have the spirit of the lamb on the inside. That I can sacrifice my pride. That I can forfeit my own pride and walk with the heavenly dove. Did you know, Brother Branham said, if a man watches television, Ichabod is written over his heart? Prophet said it. He said, if a woman wears makeup, he said, you've grieved the dove of God out of your life. He said, if the preacher is preaching and you get mad at his preaching, you grieve the Holy Spirit out of his life. This is where we are. No matter how much theology we know, if that dove ain't there, we're not coming up anyhow. Brother Branham said, no matter how good you can preach, no matter how much theology you know, if you don't have that gentle spirit, the Holy Spirit is gone. He said, you remember when your heart used to be so tender and pure before God? Though I know all mysteries, if I have not love, it profits nothing. We can can argue quotes, we can carry on, but God, give me the life that the prophet had. Give me the love. Give me the humility. Give me the power. Give me the life of this message. We have seen doctrine back and forth and all kinds of foolishness, but it is time for us to press into the life that was demonstrated before all of us. Listen to this. He said, when you come to one of those things, no matter whether the preacher hits it in the pulpit or not, when you see carnal things of the world, as long as you tolerate them, you're away from God and the Holy Ghost will stay away. That's the reason the meetings are not like they used to be. That's the reason the sawdust trail is not born in the tabernacle. That's why the tent meetings are not around the country because we have grieved the gentle dove of God. And we won our way. You say, I tell you, somebody said something to me. I'll go over there, boy. I'll tear him apart. Old hypocrite. He said, that dove just takes its flight. It's on its way. The Holy Spirit is not with you as long as you feel that way. He said, mark it down in the book. It'll never be. The Holy Spirit won't stay around that kind of spirit. It's got to be gentle. It's got to be meek. It's got to be a lamb. And you wonder, where is my victory? You've changed your nature and you become a goat instead of a lamb. You've got to get meek and let the Holy Ghost lead you. 
Brother Random said, sometimes it ain't drinking and smoking. Sometimes it's neglect. And he said, simply neglecting what God gave you to water. My goodness. Neglecting. He said, have you lost your joy? Have you lost your peace? He said, have you weeded out that root of bitterness that sapped the spirit out of your life? I studied one time things that would grieve the Holy Spirit and our attitudes, just our attitudes, not what we say, not what we do, but the way we think will grieve the Holy Spirit out of our lives. Arrogance will grieve it out of our lives. Worldliness, resentment, suspicion, stubbornness, not responding when God tells you to come. That will grieve the Holy Spirit out of your life. Our own ways will grieve God. Our own thoughts will grieve God. Do you love the Lord? Listen to this now. Brother Branham said, now, church in its condition, she's not very far from you this morning, church. She's sitting right out here on the limb of peace, waiting for our nature to be changed. That's what's the matter with the people when they don't get the Holy Ghost when they're baptized is because they don't thoroughly repent. God's trying to give them the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be meek and quiet. He said, you've got to come back gentle. Your nature must be changed. You ever felt that way dry, empty, haven't cried in a long time? The word used to make your heart burn. You know, over time, disappointments will harden you. And we all go through them, especially around the message. This is where the devil's going to attack. We know our beginnings, our love, our faithfulness. And it's it's, it's common to all men to lose the flame, to just kind of go into idol. It's easy for any of us to get there. Some have not blushed or cried for years. But you know why we had success when we first came in? It's because we came in a lamb. We were willing. Lord, what do you, whatever I got to do to be saved, I'll do it. I'll throw out the television. I'll throw out the radio and the rock and roll. I'll dress right. I'll live right. I'll separate from my associates. Then after 20 years, realize I felt like I've been in a boxing ring for 20 years. Then you just start getting tired. Every one of us knows, especially in the ministry, the half has never been told what a man will go through. But you know, I want to be like Christ was. I want to be Christ-like. How many say, Lord, that's what I want to be? You know, I was in New Zealand, and uh, I was preaching there, uh, not this last time, but the time before. They brought me out to a, Absolute beautiful sheep farm. I know nothing about sheep, just what they showed me at the farm. And so they had dogs round the sheep. It was beautiful, just as far as your eyes could see, rolling lush green hills. Looked like a storybook. And uh, they gathered all these sheep and they rounded them into a corral. And the farmer, wonderful man of God, looked at me and said, you're going to shear sheep. And uh, in his 60s, straight back, strong, he goes, this is what you do. And he waded out into a big bunch of sheep, picked one, lifted it up on its hind legs, drug it out, grabbed some high-powered shears, and sheared it top to bottom. I mean, slick as a whistle. And he turned it loose. And he looked at me and said, your turn. So I just waded right out there into the sheep, grabbed one, lifted him up, pulled him out, Went to the shears, grabbed the shears, and he started fighting. And I'm on freeze now because Brother Branham said they don't fight. And I'm like, what is wrong with this sheep? (laughs) And, And I'm nervous. He's nervous. Well, I found out later that the sheep does just lay down for the shepherd. But I was as scared as he was. And so he was a kicking, and I was scared half to death that I was going to hurt him or cut him. But if it's the shepherd, he'll just lay back in the shepherd's arms. He knows that shepherd ain't going to hurt him. 
He knows it'll be just a few minutes and it'll all be over. That's the way any of us will be. Don't put me in the hands of man. Put me in the hands of the Holy Ghost. Let me lay back. He can take anything he wants as long as it's him, as long as it's his hands, his arms. He's not going to let me fall. Say, Lord, take it all as long as you hold me up. Hallelujah. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I know that my best interest is in his best interest. We must be willing lambs, willing to make our wrongs right, willing to live God's word even if we're rejected. Brother Branham preaches this. You get a chance, listen to the message, church in its condition. He comes down through there explaining the vision, what God showed him. This is what's wrong with the Pentecostal revival. This is what's wrong with the Branham tabernacle. And he said, Brother Branham, what is the solution? He said, it's easy. Become a lamb again. What is the solution? He said, nothing at all. Just become a lamb. I mean, he said, Lord, I want my joy back. Become a lamb. I want that peace back. Become a lamb. I want a new experience. Become a lamb of God. Incredible principle that the prophet did. He went back to Genesis and showed Noah when he released that raven out of the window. He said that raven loved going from carcass to carcass. He was happy out there in the judgments. He said, but he let a little dove go. And he said, the dove is a home-loving bird. That's why they are messenger pigeons, because they will return home. He said he let him out, and he could not find any place to put his foot So he came back again. And Brother Branham said, when we become a lamb of God, the Holy Spirit, when we grieve him, flies away. But if we will become a lamb, he will come flying back into your heart with the same peace, the same love, the same power. I'm going to say, Lord, let the Holy Ghost fall from heaven and flutter in my soul and tell him that he loves me. Give me a prayer life. Let me be sensitive. Bring me into deeper places in God. Let the Spirit of God fly all around, bringing his love on the wings of a dove. Hallelujah. Not just a lamb at church, but a lamb to my wife, a lamb to my husband, a lamb to my children, a lamb at the workplace. Lord, let me be a lamb. Let me be a lamb when no one else is looking. It'll make your home different. It'll make our church different. The spirit nature of a lamb. Amen. Listen to this. Brother Branham said, when the Azusa Street people humbled themselves and become lambs, the Holy Spirit come in. He said, he'll do it this very minute. Right here in this building, if we would be willing to forfeit our so-called humble ourselves and become lambs, the Holy Spirit would take this meeting into his own power. God, take me into your power. Take this church into my, take my children into your power. Take my household into your power. Put me on the shearing block. Take all of it away. Lord, I want to dress the way you want me to dress. I want to look like you want me to look like. I want to talk the way you want me to talk. Put me on the shearing block. As we're coming up on the rapture, I don't want to deceive myself. If there's something about me, share it off, Lord. Just let me feel your hands behind me. God, take this message. Let me line up to this message what a sheep should be. Let peace flow like a river in my soul. How many believe in the Holy Spirit? I want to be gentle like Christ was gentle. I want to be faithful like Christ was faithful. At the end of that meeting, Brother Branham said he began to weep over his own Bible. And Brother Branham began to repent. Lord, forgive me. He said, God, take us into a soft consecration. 
That's what he called it. A soft consecration. He said, Lord, let the Holy Spirit come and take its abode. Never leave. It did not leave Jesus. Here we're worried. You know, I got to get in the spirit before I pray. It never left Jesus. It'll never leave the church. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I want to be in fellowship with him. Just a few more minutes. Jack Moore asked Brother Branham in 1965. said, Brother Branham, I imagine with your message under such strenuous and everything, you don't preach messages like the lamb and dove. He said, I... He said, I think that that was one of the most outstanding messages that you ever preached. Brother Brandon made an remarkable statement. He said, brother, when I miss that, I miss my message. And he said, now, tomorrow, I'll preach on the Lord coming down on the wings of a dove. And I believe with all my heart, by the way Brother Brandon preached, on the wings of a snow white dove. It was perfectly assigned to Brother Branham to preach it because he had all these experiences of this seventh dove up there in the wilderness just before the end. Brother Branham tells the story. You know how he received his healing and everything. He comes down to the end of that message and he tells a story that he only tells about three times, every one of them after the seals. He talks a story about a little dove, a little carrier pigeon in World War I. And he said these Germans had these Americans pinned down under heavy machine gun fire. And these men were going to be massacred if they didn't get help. And they couldn't radio in. They could not contact their support. But they remembered that they had a little carrier pigeon, a dove, And he took this dove and wrote a message on it. We are perishing. We need backup at such and such a coordinates. Help us quickly. And they let the dove go. And as the dove began to lift, the Germans seen what happened. And they turned their guns on the dove. And they began boom, 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 boom. And trying to kill the dove. And this dove, he said, kept climbing. It hit its wing. And then it clipped its tail. He said, but it kept climbing. And it was going through the machine gun fire to bring the message back to the Americans to bring deliverance. Brother Branham said, that was a remarkable bird. He said, but one day Jesus, he said, and on Calvary, he said, he started climbing and all the machine gun fire of hell was on that dove. He said, but what he landed in heaven's gates, he said, it is finished. The sick can be healed. The lost can be saved. Hallelujah. And the message was, it is finished. Let me tell you what. It wasn't finished there because God sent that dove back down on the day of Pentecost. And for 2,000 years, the machine gun fire has been on this Holy Ghost message. All kinds trying to kill the peace, kill the influence, kill the power, kill the joy. But God in his grace has sent the power of the Holy Spirit and it's climbed and it's climbed until the dove has brought its message into the camp. It is finished. The devil is finished. We are saved. We are healed. We are free. God has sent a Holy Ghost message. We speak in tongues. We see the dead raised. We see the sick healed. Why? The dove has delivered its message. This message is the nature of God. This message is the power of God, the humility of God, the life of God. And the devil has tried to kill this Holy Ghost ministry. Tried to kill the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. But the message has come. And what was the message? Become lambs so he can lead us out of here. 
He'll lead us to deliverance. He'll lead us to freedom. He'll lead us to the millennium. Stay with that dove. Stay with this vindicated message. Stay with the life of the message. Let us stand to our feet. As the musicians will come. On the wings of a snow-winder, God sends his pure, sweet love, the sun from above, on the wings of a dove. On the wings of a snow-white dove, God sends his pure, sweet love, a sign from above, hallelujah, on the wings of a dove. Let's sing it together again. Amen.